Amen. Well, hey there, City Life. My name is Doug, and I get to follow Jesus with all of you. Have you ever started something with big expectations only to be disappointed? Like maybe it never even actually got off the ground. A few years back, I was a young leader on staff for a large church. It was like my early 20s. I had just graduated from college. And I was so excited to teach this brand new class for this church on faith at work, like how to share the gospel with your co-workers, on the job, that sort of thing. I had read some books, put together a six-week class. It was announced and promoted throughout the whole church, and I knew it was going to be big. It was going to change some people's lives. Like there were going to be stories of people in the class who go share the gospel at work and their coworkers come to Christ and they get baptized. All that good stuff. The day came for the class to start. It's like the big kickoff. So I arrived to the room early so I can get things set up and then connect with all the people. But when it's go time, no one was there. So I just figured, you know, they're running late. Let's just wait a few minutes. Eventually, one person walks in the room. I tell him, thanks so much for coming. We're going to wait a few more minutes until everyone shows up. We sat there for 15 minutes and no one showed up. This was like my new class. It was supposed to be big. The room was supposed to be full, but there was only one person sitting in the room with me awkwardly, wondering what I was going to do. I ended up canceling the class right then and there. I was like bummed out, disappointed. Have you ever had something like that happen to you? Big hopes that never got met. Big dreams that never came true. It was so su supposed to be big and successful and amazing. Instead, it was small and failing and disappointing. If you've ever experienced something like that, if you feel like you're stuck in a series of small beginnings, your unnoticed, forgotten, failure, invisible, I want to introduce you to a couple stories from Jesus. A story of a mustard seed and a story of some leaven. Two simple stories and oddly enough, two short stories. But into these two stories is packed an eternity of hope that can lodge into your soul and carry you through the next small beginning. It, it can hold you up through any disappointment and rewire your heart and your mind so that you can see and find Jesus on the smallest of days in the biggest of ways. If you've got your Bibles, open them up to Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 31. Here's Jesus' first story for us. He put another parable before them. And if you remember in our little mini-series on parables here, a parable is a story Jesus tells to either highlight his kingdom or hide his kingdom. So here's this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of seeds. If you've got a pen, like underline that word in your Bible, smallest. 
But when it has grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nest in its branches. It's a short story, small story. It's about the smallest becoming the largest. And we all love a great underdog story, don't we? I feel like I could watch Rudy every day for a month and still feel a surge of joy when the little guy gets his big chance. I could watch Eric like try to reach up and put his hand on my shoulder and pray for me every Sunday for years to come and still feel a surge of gratitude when the little guy talks to our big God. I love you, Eric, okay? But here's the deal. This, this story, is it's more than just an underdog story going on here. Let me show you how. At the end of the story, Jesus says that this mustard seed, it grows larger and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nest in its branches. Note those words. Birds of the air come and make nest in its branches. To Jesus' original audience, these crowds of Jewish people from the backwoods of Israel, those words would have appeared in their minds like a hyperlink on a website. It would stand out. This connects to that. Click here and explore more. And if anyone in that Jewish audience would have like clicked that hyperlink, the birds of the air hyperlink in their minds, they would have flashed back to Daniel chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Now track with me. Let's read these verses. The tree grew and became strong and its top reached to the heaven and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant and in it was food for all. The birds of the heavens lived in its branches. There's the connection, this hyperlink between Jesus' words in Matthew 13 about a tree that grows tall and strong, bigger than all the other trees, and it's big enough for birds to come and make nests in its branches, linked to Daniel's words in Daniel 4 about a tree that grows tall and strong, even bigger than all the other trees, and it's big enough for birds to come and make nests in its branches. Same image. Same picture, hyperlinked together, okay? Big tree with birds, big tree with birds. Now here's the twist. And I love how Jesus puts these twists in his parables. In Daniel chapter 4, that tall tree was a nation called Babylon. For centuries, Babylon was just like a small town in the middle of nowhere. But then a new king took over that town in it boomed. First, Babylon took over other cities. Then it took over other states. Then it took over entire nations, even entire regions. Babylon became a massive, expanding, sprawling, and spreading kingdom. They ruled over nations, took over foreign lands. It was taller and bigger than any other nation to the point that they engulfed and swallowed up the little guys and pretty much crushed them, destroyed them, including Israel. Any Jewish person who heard this phrase about the big trees with birds in its nest would have seen the hyperlink back to Daniel 4, back to Babylon, and thought, yeah, it started small, but it grew huge. Like, real huge. Now, here comes Jesus, this traveling preacher and miracle worker, telling cryptic stories about his kingdom. 
but his kingdom is different. His is a good kingdom where people are loved and healed and known and accepted, not crushed, not destroyed. And Jesus takes the very same words that had been used for centuries to describe this evil, destructive, expanding kingdom. And he says, my kingdom, it also starts small and grows. My kingdom, it grows taller and stronger and bigger than all the other kingdoms. My kingdom, it also takes over every part of your life. But my kingdom, it's for your good, for your joy, for your flourishing. Jesus is saying his kingdom might start small, but it's going to grow. Jesus might be preaching to, to some backwoods Jewish farmers now, but his kingdom will expand and grow far beyond them. The beginnings of his good kingdom might be small, but one day he will take over all. To put it shortly, a little kingdom grows a long way. A little kingdom grows a long way. A few years back, when our kids had like carved their pumpkins, we decided to keep the pumpkin seeds because we thought, oh, that'd be so fun. We could plant these and then watch the pumpkin plant grow. So we planted them and uh, in a little flower bed, like in our backyard up close to the back porch. And after a few days, there was nothing, right? I'm guessing there were some seeds still an inch below the soil, but you could see nothing. Then a week later, there was a little plant coming out of the ground. And our kids, they thought it was fun and cute. Well, that little plant kept growing and it overflowed out of the flower bed. It spread to a raised garden that we had wrapped around it, pretty much took over that garden. It grew across a sidewalk path that we had in our backyard, took over even more space. It sprawled down the slope of our backyard all the way to the fence, taking over every square foot in its path till it was like taking over half of our backyard. It went from a little pumpkin seed to a sprawling, spreading, take everything over, plant producing plant. Jesus says that that's his kingdom. In his kingdom, it might start small, but it grows large. A little kingdom grows a long way. And City Light, I want to encourage us with this reality of Jesus' kingdom. When Jesus' kingdom gets planted in your heart, it has no intention of just like sitting there an inch below the soil and just kind of soaking in the water and hanging out. No, Jesus' kingdom has every intention and purpose and power to grow into a plant that's going to sprawl and spread and hear this, take over every part of your life. It might start small, but a little kingdom grows a long way. I remember when Jesus' kingdom spread and it took over, like it spread into my financial life. I had just mowed a yard and got paid for doing it. And I was like so excited to go buy the new John Michael Montgomery cassette tape right? Like, could you, would you, ain't you gonna, if I ask you, would you want to be my baby tonight? You remember it. I hope you do at least. But anyways, my dad, he, he taught me about tithing whenever I first got paid. 
Tithing's giving 10% to your local church. And I thought, oh yeah, I want to do that. And when I tithe, that meant the John Michael Montgomery tape, it had to wait. Jesus' kingdom was spreading into my financial life. A little while later, Jesus' kingdom spread into my thought life. My mind was loaded with all sorts of stats about baseball players. Batting averages, hits, runs, RBI, strikeouts, saves. My mind was like a baseball stat memorizing machine. But then I fell in love with the Bible. I was like reading it. It was like I was eating it, memorizing it, turning it over in my head, thinking it through. And I, I started forgetting some baseball stats and remembering some Jesus words. Jesus' kingdom spread into my thought life. A little while later, Jesus' kingdom spread into my emotional life. For years, I just thought emotions were weird or non-existent. I was out of touch and disconnected. But then I got married and my wife bought a magnet for our fridge. And it had those little phases on there like mad, bad, sad, glad. And she wanted to know what I was feeling. And as I talked with her and read my Bible, I, I discovered God has emotions. Jesus expressed emotions and slowly but surely, Jesus' kingdom spread into my emotional life. Jesus' kingdom will do the same in your life too. Jesus the King isn't content to just move in, say hi, and take a nap on the couch of our hearts. Jesus moves in like a mustard seed. He starts small, but he gets to work growing, spreading, sprawling until every part of your life is affected by King Jesus and his kingdom. Guys, let me chat with you for a moment. Us men, got a little illustration here, okay? Us men, we tend to be like waffles. We have our lives sectioned off into a bunch of little boxes. It's convenient, it's clean, and what can happen is we start to think that Jesus' kingdom box, it's here. And in this box, that's where Jesus' kingdom lives, that's where Jesus' kingdom stays, where Jesus' kingdom sleeps, where Jesus' kingdom needs to stay. It doesn't spread over or spill over into our hobbies box or our toolbox or our work box or our sexuality box or our money box. But Jesus' story here about the mustard seed says, nope, that's not how his kingdom works. Jesus' kingdom, it may start out in just a little Jesus' kingdom box, but it's going to spread and sprawl into all your other boxes. Now, that's not something to be threatened by. It's not something to worry about. It's something to celebrate because wherever Jesus' kingdom grows, joy grows and life grows and hope grows. I mean, sure, Jesus' kingdom takes over. But it's like the most good, joyful, positive takeover you can possibly imagine. A little kingdom grows a long way. So can I ask, friends, where is Jesus' kingdom growing in your life right now? Maybe it's in your emotions, in your relationships, maybe your thought life, financial life, prayer life, wherever it is, let me encourage you, pour more water on it. Tag team and partner up with King Jesus and see his kingdom spread throughout your life. 
I think this story of the mustard seed, it doesn't only apply to us individually. It also speaks to us as a church. In fact, before our church was ever planted, God spoke to us. He gave us an encouraging word about his plans for our church. Eric and I, we were praying with a bunch of staff from various different City Light churches. We were up on the, like at the Lincoln Monument, looking out over Council Bluffs, when God spoke to my friend, J.D. J.D. had helped plant City Light Benson Church, and he was part of our early advisory team for our church. And so I actually reached out to J.D. and said, hey man, can you remind our church what it was that you heard from God in that moment? Hey, City Light Council Bluffs, in the early days, just as the vision for your church was beginning uh, to take shape, the leadership team took a day to just go over and get on a hill above Council Bluffs and just to look over the city and to pray. And as we were praying, I just saw this tree erupt from the ground and grow. And it was like a big, chunky African tree that just grew up like a mile high, taller than a skyscraper. Uh, the kind of tree that maybe you see in a movie like Avatar, where people live in it. And then I just saw... Um, just transcendent light just break out from this tree and beams of light starting to shoot out into the region and beyond. And I just immediately had uh, this interpretation that God was going to make City Light Council Bluffs a hub church that would be planted, that it would grow, and then it would plant other churches and it would strengthen churches. And it has been my great joy to see that become a reality. And I can't wait to see what God does next in and through you. Isn't that incredible, City Light? Like, even before our church was planted, while City Light Council Bluffs was still a seed in the hands of King Jesus, God gave us this word, this promise. Then Jesus planted us, you, me, your city group, your City Light kids class. He planted us into the soil of Council Bluffs, and God is doing this very story, this very parable right before our eyes. We've planted to the south in Kansas City. We've planted to the east in Emerson, Iowa. Now we get to plant to the west in West Council Bluffs. Listen, no fear or failure can hold back the kingdom of Jesus. No coronavirus can hold back the kingdom of Jesus. No delay or detour, no death or darkness, no distance or discouragement can hold back the kingdom of Jesus. The precious seed of you and me that Jesus planted into Council Bluffs, it will grow larger and larger until by God's grace, we get to see dozens of churches planted in our city, in our region, around Rwanda, around the world. A little kingdom grows a long way. Amen, church. Amen. Like it or love it. That's the first story from Jesus. His next story is about leaven. Um, like yeast, the stuff used to make bread. It's a shorter story, okay? And the, this part of the sermon is shorter too. I know, you're thinking Jesus was a shorter preacher. I know, we're gonna get there. Matthew 13, verse 33. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. All right, I'm not a cook or chef at all. 
But I did some research, and here's what I think Jesus is saying. Even when just a little bit of leaven is mixed with a whole lot of flour, the whole batch gets leavened. In today's measurements, it would be about three pinches of leaven or yeast put into over eight gallons of flour. That's like over 56 pounds of flour. You know those like five-pound bags of all-purpose flour that you can buy? Well, take 10, 11 of those. It's a lot of flour. It's not much leaven, but you put that leaven in with the flour, and a little leaven goes a long way. Or to use kingdom language, a little kingdom goes a long way. Leaven has a spreading quality about it that allows just a few pinches to literally transform the chemical makeup of over 50 pounds of flour. And the same is true with Jesus' kingdom. His kingdom has this spreading quality about it that allows just a little kingdom to literally transform the makeup of the world around you, the neighborhood around you, the house around you, the school around you, the workplace around you. When you go to work or go back to work, whichever one it is, you may feel like you're not much. Uh, I'm just one Christian surrounded by a dark workplace. I'm just one light in a really dark room. I'm just three pinches of leaven in a giant tub of flour. You may feel like your influence is small and the office, the staff, the employees, the corporation, the break room, the warehouse. It's so big. How can someone so small ever make a real difference in something so big? But take heart, City Light. A little kingdom goes a long way. So go ahead and ask your coworker if you can pray for him or her and then watch what King Jesus does. Go ahead and serve like crazy. Humble yourself. Give up the best seat and take the worst seat so you can show the love of Jesus to your coworkers and then watch what King Jesus does. Make those gift bags and pass them out to your neighbors. Sew those masks. Donate that can of soup. Make those cards. Mail those cards. Give that gift. Make that call. Clean up that spill because a little kingdom goes a long way. Listen, you don't have to be a power player to make a difference. You don't have to be on top or in charge to change things. You don't have to have cash flow to bring hope to someone. You don't have to be a king to bring Jesus' kingdom. When it comes to Jesus' kingdom, a little kingdom grows a long way and a little kingdom goes a long way. And we know this is true, right? Because of the cross of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of Jesus was never more clearly seen than when King Jesus himself hung on a cross. He was the seed, buried, put in the ground. But when Jesus died on that day, no one really expected much. Just another crazy man who thought he could save the world, but now he's dead and buried. Small, forgotten, failure, disappointing. Yet today, 
There are over 2 billion people who claim to worship the small, forgotten failure of a Messiah who rose from the dead and proved he is king. That death of Jesus on a hill outside Jerusalem has spread through the Mediterranean world to the north, down into Africa to the south, all the way to China and back on the east, and through Europe and Africa to the Americas, across the plains and grains and mountains and valleys until eventually the spreading, sprawling kingdom of Jesus found its way to Council Bluffs, Iowa, to you, to me. And now Jesus is sowing us city light right here, right now. And just like Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus is raising you and me to give life to others, to give hope to others, to make Jesus the King famous because we love his kingdom so much. And we've experienced joy and peace as his kingdom takes over our lives. A little kingdom grows a long way and a little kingdom goes a long way. Would you pray with me? Father, right now I ask that your kingdom would take root in our lives and grow a long way. I pray for those who, they, they feel like they're stuck in a series of small beginnings. Would you give them a faith, a trust, a hope in you, Jesus, that they could lean into you, grab hold of you, and you would tell them, hey, my kingdom might start small, but it's gonna grow a long way. You may feel small at your job. You may feel small in your school or in your family. But listen, my kingdom, it's going to go a long way. Oh, Jesus, would you pour hope? Would you pour encouragement? Would you pour power into your people that comes from your kingdom? Jesus, your kingdom grows a long way. It goes a long way. Would you remind us of this? And may that inspire us to take risks, take chances, to serve like crazy, to humble ourselves, to be a real representation of your kingdom wherever we are and trust. Jesus, you're the king. You rose from the dead. You're going to do mighty things in us and through us. We pray in Jesus' good name. Amen.